Well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. That's in my Leslie Jordan voice. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Say What You Want podcast from Snacks. It's your boy, K. Mitch. I'm low. Um, the energy in the room, is, it's boiling. Uh, if we can just welcome you into the room, the energy in the room is boiling. Uh, one of the cast members said we have to talk about this, and it's always a good topic to talk about or de- debate about, never to argue I about. I don't think it's a debate, but it's something to discuss. Discuss. Racism. Racism. And Lo, you feeling some type of way? I am. I really am. And I, I think that we should all be feeling some type of way. Okay. Um, it's just, I'm just really upset right now. And I don't, I really don't understand why you guys aren't upset. Why aren't you upset? That may, I want to ask that before I really go into a rant. Upset about racism? Upset about what's going on in the world. Can you preference what's going on? I don't think there's anything new that's going on. Uh. I think that's the issue. As for black people, this is, it's nothing new for us. It's, right. it's the same thing. Nothing has really changed. It's just simmered down from back in the day. <clears throat> but again, in the South, that's nothing new. Right. In Georgia, in, in South Carolina, in Memphis, in, uh, I'm naming it, Mississippi, Alabama, those, these things, this is nothing new. Well, right? I mean, I think, well, what's going on right now is everyone is really upset because Ahmad Arbery, he was out for a jog. He was chased down. He was killed by two white men on camera. Now, the day we're recording this, 10 weeks ago, and there was no arrest, no investigation, just a police report and some 911 call saying there's a black guy in my neighborhood. And the white men thought that he was a string of burglaries, even though there had been no reports of burglaries. And they chased this man down with shotguns and he had to fend for his life and die. And again, I want to place you in a place in the South where how many, that's just, that's just something that was caught on camera. I can guarantee you there are more cases like that that have never been exposed that happened like that in the South. So again, it's, it's. I guess for a place where I'm coming from, it, it sounds like we're just numb to it. It just hasn't happened to us. But I think that's what makes me so angry. But again, okay, so it makes you angry and us being numb to it. Us protesting does nothing for that. Like, what, what are we protesting? At some point, we I have don't to take action with that on hand. I don't agree with that. But yeah, when well, you, pro- you, you walk, you run, what are we proving? What are we doing? I think showing support and signing a petition. So I am doing a jog run tomorrow. Um with one of my friends and then a lot of people have already signed up but everyone that has reached out to me about going um i made sure that i sent them the link to show support by signing the petition and every signature went to an official to make sure that you know they work with their attorney directly with the family to make sure that the petition goes to people who can make arrests who can make sure an investigation is happening things like that like i think that that's the problem right there is that people think that because you aren't directly affected and I'm not saying you in general, this is a general speak, like not you snacks, but if I don't walk or if I don't run, if I don't protest, then, you know, you can also have protests and conversations and also your activism doesn't always have to be loud. You can literally, your activism can be at your dinner table. 
with your uncle who's fucking racist and you have you come to dinner and he has his black comments and this and that but you educate him and you make you make moves towards that like that's still change like just because it doesn't always have to be monumental or some huge march down wall street even if we're only running two miles and posting a hashtag and you're signing that petition you're showing support and you're also like bringing attention to this because there are hundreds of people who don't have attention on their cases and that's the thing that sucks so you want to make sure when these polarizing things happen you are talking about it but also the local level too i do get that but I, before we go any further i don't want to make it seem like i'm it doesn't irk me it doesn't bother me uh because each time i see a case like this or each time i see something like this i get fears just like you my friend Megan and I had this conversation about protesting because I she's a big advocate in the community back home, in which she used to work on radio as well. But I asked her how did she feel about protesting. She said, "I don't think it does anything for us. I think there's different actions we need to take to make it clear to people that we're not about to keep dealing with this. Walking and chanting is not helping us or or making a demand to people that we're not putting up with this no more." How do you make noise and make change then? I, I don't know. Uh, that that part that's what we have to figure out. Look to the look at history. Because uh, coming, only, coming, uh, from, coming from a real nigga stance, right? If, <laughs> some if, people got to come up missing like yeah. these white folks got to come you, up missing like black folks are. If you go through the course of history, the only time change was made is when we went to the extreme to prove our point. But you don't think that none of these sit-ins, these marches on Selma, all these things didn't have any impact? I wouldn't say I'm not gonna say that. that, that but that, because that's the root. A big punch civil rights marches and stuff. That is the root of it. A punch is different than a poke. So, but the thing is, is a poke can get you there because a punch will end you up in jail. Because well, how many pokes are we gonna get? But but that's the frustrating frustrating part. It's like I get you. Like if if it were up to me, like I I would want to just go up to these people and just knock on their door, punch them in the face, or an eye for an eye. You took one of ours, we take one of yours. Like. I, that's fucked up, first of all. I wouldn't would never take someone's it's a, life. It's a fucked up mentality to have. But at some point, they, they, we got to come at them like they come at us. Like, we're not going to keep tolerating it. But at the same time, if we had a, a, a white person sitting here or somebody of a different race, they probably would ask the question, well, why don't I want to protest when y'all killing each other? Boom. Why is this not a big, big deal when we when when uh, uh, Boogie killed Lil John John down the street? Why are we not protesting then? You know why? Why? I just want to tell you There's this. no difference. There is a big difference. Why? Because... It's still killing somebody. No, it's still killing somebody. And a life is a life. A life still matters no matter what. But the reason why Black Lives Matter in this sense and why we're angry is because the system of America is not based on a system for Black people. Because... I would agree. I would agree. Because Boogie and John John probably, most likely, by the names you just gave me, if... If that were the case, say they killed each other. Say he's in a gang and he's in a gang. Most likely, gangs are really an organization. It's an organization of a community. True. That doesn't exist in every single neighborhood. True. So you put this organization and these communities together, they're going to have a conflict. But that's all they know. This is their community. So you can't, like judge these people for the community that they live in and then say oh well black people kill people so you know if a white person kills someone it doesn't matter but the difference is if i kill you i'm going to jail this man killed him and he's been sitting at home for fucking 10 weeks chilling well my point i'm making i agree with everything you said but the point i'm making to you is 
why would the white people want to help fight for us? Why not? Fight for ourselves? Why are you not an ally? Understand your privilege. Like, if you have the privilege, if you can use your privilege, if I could right now know that I could walk into any room and someone would listen to me, then I'm going to do that. But people choose to live in a different America than we do. I don't look, I don't think about, and sorry to any of my Caucasian white friends, if at all, like, when I think about when you guys go home, I'm like, text me, you get home. Okay. Because I'm more worried about you being pulled over than I'm worried about Chad being pulled over. Because if Chad gets pulled over, he can get pulled over drunk. He might just get, you know, a car ride home and Fast. all that. I could get, I could worry about you being pulled over a taillight and I never see you again. Because you are more of a threat to America than Chad is. Or Karen. Sorry. Okay. I, I, I want you to know I'm not disagreeing with no, you. No, I know you're giving me points, but, but I, I think what this is a lot of the point that I made a lot today, and sorry guys, because I am really irritated about it. It's that, like, this is why it's so frustrating. It's because even though we're marching, even though we're signing petitions, even though um, we are changing ways as a community, I feel like black Americans are becoming more healthy, more conversations about health and wellness and breaking generational curses. All that shit is happening. But in order for you to have black change, you have to have white change and brown change and every other change because you have to come together. But if other people choose to act like this shit isn't existing, then what do we do? So basically your argument here is, and ultimately this is what it comes down to, is that people have to stop being oblivious to what's happening around them. You have to take the blinders off. So that's not going to happen when you have, when you're privileged. Let's just, let's flip it. Let's, okay. So I have a question going on being privileged. So is the, is the privileged white person that's not taking a, a stand and ignoring the situation just as guilty as the person that's blatantly racist? I wouldn't say just as guilty um, because racism is, is taught. Racism, you're not born racist. Like, right. you could have, uh, your dad could be racist and you grow up in a community that that's not what you believe in. And you right. could go home to that environment every day and make a choice mm-hmm. that, no, I'm going to go hang out with my friends, whoever they are, wherever they are, do whatever you want. That's a choice. Because at one point when you become adult, you make choices for yourself. But I don't think they're just as guilty but I do wonder what that feels like. That is what privilege is, is what you can move in this world differently with no second thought. You can do anything you want. You can apply for college, all this shit. And people will just be like, boom, you made it in Susan Smith. And But Shanika, we were not sure. Shanika could have a 4.5. She can have every single fucking thing in the world. But when it comes up to Susan and Shanika, in the world we live in right now, Susan's going to get that job. And that's what privilege is. Privilege doesn't always just mean like you have it better than me. It's the world that we have grown up in because that's the system America is built on. There's red lines. Like we couldn't even live in certain communities. There wasn't even certain loans you can get. That There's literally a system built on Superior. But... Yet, no one wants to talk about it. Everyone's like, oh, I gotta get off Facebook. I'm so sick of seeing this. There's nothing we can do. Like, there's a lot that you can do. Fucking educate yourself. Buy the book White Fragility. Like, 
understand that there's something you can do by simply having conversation. Activism is not always loud. It's a conversation. It's a change in your lifestyle. It's recognizing someone who's not always recognized. Everyone thinks that because of the social media world, I have to go on Facebook and tell the world, hey, hey guys, I went to this black community. Guess what I did with all the little black kids and we played basketball. Like, what the fuck? You can literally just have a conversation and give someone else a different opportunity that normally wouldn't go to them. You could be a manager at your job and see that someone is doing a lot better in that job and speak up for them when they normally wouldn't get spoken up for. Okay. I have so so much in my head that's going on and so much I want to say that I don't even know where to start. So my thing is, why is it when, you like you, you mentioned, you do see a white person going to the black community helping out, they get backlash for it. Like, we don't need your pity type stuff. Why is that? I see. I don't agree with that. I don't believe that as much as I am very passionate about this topic, I understand that you can't do it without an ally. Okay. There's If you expect your... This is where a lot of people have issues with like, you know, just organizations that just focus on just black people. They're like, well, what about us? But the problem is, is that the world is focused on everyone else. So when other people try to infiltrate those spaces and say, I want to help you, allow them to. Because that is what you're working towards. Mm -hmm. You're not working towards division. Like, I think that celebrating your culture is different than not allowing someone to celebrate it with you. Like, culture appropriation. If people are... If I walked around, even though I am Native American, and I'm not just saying that because people are like, oh my God, you got good hair, da da da. I don't have good hair, guys. It's a struggle. I have to use a lot of conditioner. It's very bad. But the problem is, <laughs> the problem is. Thank you for lightening the conversation. You're welcome. The problem is, and I just lost my train of thought. What was I saying? Your hair was nappy and shit. Don't tell people the hair. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my hair is a mess, and I, I hate it sometimes. It's very frustrating. <sighs> guys, you got to drink a lot of water. I actually don't hate my hair. I should not say that. You have good, healthy hair, by the way. There's no such thing as good hair. Only healthy hair. I said good, healthy hair. Thank you. But is there a such thing as bad hair? Okay, let's get back on track. Yes, there is. I, woo! <laughs> you ever been in the club and not see somebody's uh, weed blend? So, I'm like, girl, I see your track. Let, you me ask, see your track. let me ask both of you this question. If roles were reversed from back in time, as black people, will we give up our privilege? If we had white slaves and, and listen, stuff? I'm being moderated. Everything Hold is on. because listen, of slavery, guys. I don't, want this, I don't want this to come across as I'm defending any. I mean, defending white folks because I'm this not. It's a conversation. It's a conversation. I'm not. I'm, I'm in, within conversation and moderating. But would we give up our privilege if we were the privileged race? Would you want to give up your privilege? I wouldn't give up being black for the world. That's not what he's asking. You you, you missed the question. No, I understand. I think it's. If we, were, if we were just as privileged as the white folks these days, right. would you give up that privilege? Yes. If the roles were reversed and white people were enslaved and systemically pushed back, they're more likely to go to jail, more likely to die in childbirth, more likely to not graduate from college, more likely to get killed by the police, more likely to do all the... More likely to fucking drown. Nigga, drowning is systemic racism because black people weren't allowed to fucking swim. There's less people who are educated who are people of color because we weren't allowed to fucking read. 
It's bullshit. Yes, I would give that shit up because that is not fair. I'm still a human being. I when I wake up in the morning, I'm not black. Point, I'm not black till I walk out the fucking at, door. At, at what point does the the, the, the curve seem, start to straighten out? Because at some point, like, how far behind are we in your to you? I think that we were starting to move forward, and then I'm I I we've all heard it. I think that the president changed a lot. When were we moving forward? Because I ain't never seen this. I think that we were making steps. When you say we, who who you talking about? America. Because I can't speak for the whole world, nor can I speak for every black person. I'm only speaking to my experience and my opinion. But I think that we were coming to a point where, for myself and the community that I've been around, especially in Kern County, and also living in the Bay, I do understand that my view can be limited to my liberal views by living in California. Because I understand that from being from St. Louis, that it's like, y'all don't... I had a friend, a mutual friend. I remember when he told me, B told me that I never experienced real racism. And I was like, fuck you. Yeah, like, you haven't. I guess that's why for me it's so easy to have this conversation. <laughs> because Midwest, South, you see it all the time. But you why do I have it. to... I Do I have to get my ass beat to understand that someone doesn't like me because I'm black? No, you don't have to get your, your, your ass beat for that. Going back to the experiences that you you were talking about, if you only grew up in one race, in one community, in one region, that's all you know. So at what point do you take it upon yourself to go learn these things, go learn how to swim, to go learn how to read? Like, you're human at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You still run your own life. So at what point do you take it upon yourself mm-hmm. to learn all these different I things? It's that- not about Americans doing shit for you. We, we become an entitled... Race. I don't think so. Human I, race? I'm not talking about just... Black people? No, I'm talking about just humans. We the become, human race yeah, has become entitled? Super entitled. Because entitled to what? Fucking living? Everything. Fuck. Name it. Wanting news fast. Right then and there. One shit right then and there. Okay. I gotta have this. <clears throat> That's a whole other conversation. But I don't think... I think I get what you're saying. I don't think that... Um, I understand that, like how we become so entitled to like, we need this and we need that because we were humbled real quick with this Corona shit. Like y'all didn't really need to go to brunch every Sunday. I was really crying about that for like two weeks. Like, damn, I miss my friends. But it's in the grand scheme of the world, you don't need that much. I understand that. But I will say that even the bare minimum of how things, you know, we've established the world in America and I do get it. There's other places in the world that don't look like my world that I grew up in. And a lot of people might not take, take me seriously because they could say even me in the black community that I'm privileged because of how I was raised and things like that. They could look at me and be like, girl, you don't even know struggle. But if I can have a platform to speak to people who do and work with the youth who understand and try to give them a leg up and give them opportunity and education, and I think that's what you're speaking to, at the end of the day is that like although you have these vast you know things that can happen for you you have to make a choice if i want to learn to swim at 35 i'm gonna learn to swim at 35 fucking john legend just learned how to swim a couple years ago ain't that some shit yeah but that's again it took it upon yourself more more of what i'm saying is you have to take yourself out of your environment that you're used to to understand other races for for instance I went to a, a, a school in the suburbs, mm-hmm. so most of the school was predominantly white. Now, granted, we, the other half was black, mm-hmm. but we all got along. Mm-hmm. With that being said, with us going to school with one another, we kind of learned 
each other's mm-hmm. kind of background. My roommate in college, he specifically told me, listen, my parents don't like black people. So the fact that they're letting me live in this house with you is a big step for them. And they actually like you. And so I could have took that a whole different. I could have took that a whole different way. That that actually, coming from the community I grew up in, I could have right. took that a whole different way and be like, "Well, fuck you and your family." But no, I took the initiative to understand why. And that's what you should do. So what I'm saying is, it's going to take people to come out of their community and out of their background and mm-hmm. sit down and talk to other folks to understand. Because white folks, it, they love black people. Yeah. Yeah. White folks love black. They they want to listen to our music. They want to jam out with us. Black culture is American culture. Right. So you can't say don't necessarily like us. They don't understand us. Just like we don't understand them. I'm not. I'm going to be clear. I'm not saying all white people are the same. No, you can't. We can't. Because not all black people are the same. Exactly. And that's what my roommate said. Because he asked my dad. He said, what's the difference? I think we had this conversation before. What's the difference between a a nigga and a regular black person? My dad gave him the whole... I think we talked about it on the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a whole different episode coming on. Right, right. How do you, why, why did we use the N-word? Well, my question for you guys would be, how do you create change then? So, I think that's the question that all of us are trying yeah. to figure out. Feeding off you. But I was going to ask you the same thing. So, solutions. What are the solutions? If you had a platform, like like you mm-hmm. said, you, you're, you're marching, you, you want to make a change. What mm-hmm. do? If you had a platform to speak right now, what are some solutions you have right now to, to stop this? Because I think that's where me and Kyle are coming mm-hmm. from. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with marching mm-hmm. or running or whatever the case may be. What is it? Uh, not rallying, but protesting. 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 I don't think there's anything wrong protesting, but I don't think that's a solution. What is solution? How we get to the end of this is what that, I'm asking. So me for, walking is not getting yeah. to the end of it. For me, I, I thought about I thought about this a lot. Um, I read articles where they said they felt like certain ethnicities should police that community. What? So black 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 cops and black areas. Yeah. If but you have an Asian, they should a population. It should be Asian police officers. Yeah. And that came around with Mike Brown. Yes. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? I'm okay with that. Um, There's pros and cons for it for me. There's pros because um, I worked at a community center for 10 years. Whatever. And um, there was a couple summers when I was coordinating for these kids because I worked with kids from ages 5 to 12. And I reached out to the police and they reached out back and normally it was just like a we're gonna come talk with them you know all these things but they decided one summer to come more often because kids in that community associated the police negatively you're coming to arrest someone that i know you're coming to take someone you're coming to you know terrorize parts of your community so i think that when a police officer looks like you and then it also breaks the barrier between associating the negative side of the police for you. I'm okay with that. But I also think it's unrealistic that I have to have only black police officers police black people because white people don't want to make a decision to understand what black people go through. As crazy as that may sound, but that's probably why they react the way they do. But like I, can't. I agree with you. There's a fear with black people taking lead. Right. I, I agree. When the police passes by you, do you feel like just normal? No, I don't. You straighten up. You turn your music down. I start sweating. I just immediately like. When I get pulled over, I start sweating. 
But the thing, even when you just see a police officer pull behind you, you're ready. Yeah. Everyone in this room has had the conversation about what, have you had the conversation, Kyle, about what to do when a, police pulls you, a policeman pulls you over? First thing my pops had with me when I started Did you driving. have that conversation with your parents? No. You didn't? No. I did. Actually, that's shocking. Why do you think they didn't tell you that? I will have to ask them. I never asked that it, question. It's but funny I, I that you that bring up that topic because I've been uh, practicing like with myself mm-hmm. to not react a certain way when I see the police. I, I, I didn't like that feeling of every time I'm driving, I have to be like that. Right. As to when you see somebody of a a white person in the car, they tune it out. They'll wave at a police officer. I've, I've seen people take off at a green light and go in front of the police officer. Yeah. We don't do that. No. Yeah. I we, just we, let them go. Yeah, like, all right. And you got asshole cops that'll wait to see when you gonna go. Yeah. So now y'all both sitting there and you like, I guess I gotta go ahead and give it a little gas. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> No, you'd be like, I'm not gonna go at the speed limit. Oh, 41. I am no, going. No, I do, I do that as well. Yeah, and I've I've been racially profiled a lot. My car I had a car that I, I I even knew that having that car. Hank the hoopty. Hank the hoopty. 88 Caprice box Chevy on on 24 inch rims. So I I was racially profiled, and to feed off another solution, I had a cop pull me over. I had several cops pull me over. One of the coolest cops I met. Old dude about to retire. He pulled me over and he said, this is a classic car and a lot of people wouldn't have respect for this car. He said, I can tell you take care of this car. I'm not going to bother asking you for license or registration because I know if you're driving something that nice, you have to be legit. <laughs> and he tapped my hood and told me have a good day and walked off. <laughs> and that's okay. I've had different experiences with cops and like mine have been mixed. My very, very, well, no, my first time being pulled over, um, we talked about this in a previous episode, my grandfather being a council member, he looks at my last name and he's like, boom, I know who you are. You know, tell your grandpa I said hello. When I was younger, when he was younger, my grandfather took him on a trip to the juvenile, um, like it, my, they sat on like the juvenile justice board or something like that. Um, and they would take kids on these trips in order to get them out of their community to see more about the world. And my grandfather took him on a trip with my dad and they went somewhere and then that helped change his life. And so he tells me this story. I'm like, this is awesome. This is amazing. Like, so nice to meet you. I'll tell him you said hi. And that was my first experience with a cop. Second, like, I didn't have like this inherent, like, like thing where I was like, oh my god, I was more worried about like my male friends. I didn't necessarily feel that scared until my second time being pulled over. Well, that okay. Because the second time, but but this is like based off just experience. Like I had these thoughts. Like I did everything that I was told. Like I kept my hands on the steering wheel. I gave him that. We had this conversation. I'm very friendly. I talk a lot. I'm smiling. I'm compliant. All these things. I try to do that the second time. The second time, I'm driving down the street. And then what kids do when you're 19, 18, 19 years old, my friend pulls up to me and like we're like, oh, let's go to your house. Cool. And then he takes off. And then I'm behind him. So the cop thinks that we're racing. That's what he pulled us over for. And then he turns on his light. He never gets out the car yet. He says over the speaker, throw the keys out the, um, the, front, the front door or the driver's seat. And I was like, okay. Drop the keys out the door. Bright lights. This man approaches my car, screaming at me, saying, put your hands in the air. I can't see your hands. I'm like, he's pointing his gun. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I wasn't racing. 
I was just driving next to my friend. He pulls over my other friend at the same time. He points the gun at him. I'm crying because at this point, I'm like, I could fucking die. Like, if I don't put my hands in the right spot, I'm telling him I'm reaching for my purse. (laughs) One of my friends, I was like, girl, I don't know how you did this, but she has her Bible app open on her iPhone. I was like, girl, the Lord, we need you. But... (laughs) I'm like, I'm scared, but I'm more scared for my friend Jamal because I'm thinking to myself, if he makes the wrong move, because he used to drive like a really small Honda. It was like this gray, I think it was a Honda. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it was tiny. And I was thinking to myself, am I going to watch my best friend die right now if he makes the wrong move? It's a possibility. Like that was my fear. I wasn't scared about the ticket. I didn't know if I was going to go home. First of all, I wasn't where I was supposed to be. On top of that, you going to give me a ticket, sir, in? Like... It was just, I think those experiences, but then you work in a community and you work with police officers who have the same mentality that you do, yet they're seen a certain way. So that's why I say your change doesn't have to be loud. You may not agree with the protest, but your protest could be at the dinner table. Your protest could be amongst your friends. Going back to the, the question that Cal brought up, but what is the solution? And I know our generation is not really good at voting because we don't, excuse me, we don't really believe in our government. We don't really trust our government. Totally agree with you on that. But I don't think we understand how important local voting is. Mm -hmm. Because when things like this happen, it's really not up to Congress or any of those (laughs) offices. Um... To make decision, it's the local, uh, local government or lo- local branches to make these type mm-hmm. of governments. The local legislature shift. So folks in Georgia need to pull up at the at the the city halls mm-hmm. and, and things of that nature and and protest if they're going to protest, go about it that way. But again, as far as coming up with decisions, I don't know the right decisions or solutions to come up with the right solutions because I don't I, I, I can't say it's going to end. Do you think yeah, racism I'm, will ever end? No. no. I've done my research. Again, you talk about power. That's why I asked the question. Would you give up your, um, what is the word? Why am I going brain fart today? Superiority. <laughs> privilege. Uh, yeah. Why, would you give up your privilege? If you, have, if you have this privileges, would you give it up? I would. Because I, I truly think, believe in equality. Like, I that, believe in that. That's one person. Ask black folks if we had this privilege. I can tell you now. Hell no, I ain't giving up that privilege. <laughs> if, no, if I had white people privilege, well, we have black. Fuck no, but like the thing is, is I'm gonna flip it on you. I have black privilege. I can do a lot of shit, a and lot of fun shit because I'm black. We all can, but do you a don't lot feel like shit. that's limited because at the end of the day, people are gonna say you still a nigga. But we ain't pulling up. Some people would say that. Right. I'm I'm not saying that, but that's the that's the no, mindset some people have. No, I get what you're saying. I'm like, people will say that, but like at the and when you wake up in the morning, are you a black man first or are you a man? I'm a man. I say I'm a, I'm a man. I'm a man, but I'm black. I and can't, I, I can't run from it. I I I've in the past said like, oh I'm a black woman. Like that's who I you know, I wake up in the morning, that's who I see, it's what I look like, all that. But when when I wake up in the morning, I <laughs> I am a woman first. Let me just pause it. I can also edit this. 
Do you feel like you wake up in the morning as a black man first or a man? Let me say man. Oh, we both of us said man, but we're, we're both black, so technically we wake up as a black man. <clears throat> but I'm, not, I'm saying, like, how do you see yourself? As a black man. So in the morning, you're like, I'm a black man. Like, if you said your affirmations in the morning, like, I am worthy, I am capable, I am loved, I am happy, I am a light, I am a black man. Yes. Okay. Because that's, that's just where I, I am. <clears throat> I represent the black culture. Though people may think I don't at times because I don't really speak on a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. I try my best to stay far away from this because I, I am like you. I get irked and mm-hmm. I can speak out of context. And then again, it goes back, back to me really not believing media. So I wait to see yeah. all the facts. As a person in the media, you don't believe the media? No. I don't believe in other media sources. <clears throat> because I'm... I, but that also comes from that also comes from being in media and understand how it works. Right. So yeah. I have to I have to take my time and, and to see what the true facts are because I posted false facts before just being just reading the the captions or reading the the headlines without mm-hmm. reading through the, the story and this yeah. this happened a year ago. <laughs> right. That's what I'm saying. So again, it goes back to you educating yourself. Wait, what happened a year ago? I'm just saying oh. the story may have happened a year ago and I posted. Something that I thought was fresh. So the topic at hand is racism and how do we how do we come to solutions? Myself and Kyle don't agree that marching and protesting is a solution. It it does it fixes nothing. Back in the past, yes, because they did it often. We only do it when something happens. Mm-hmm. They were doing it as like a, almost every other weekend type of ordeal. Well, their rights were so different. So different. So that's what I'm saying. Now now that that now that we have changed. What are the solutions? What are the solutions to this? I don't think any of us know the solution. I think your solution has to start with support. And your support has to start with someone paying attention. And so who's paying attention to us? Because the people we want the to pay people, a, the people we want to pay attention are not paying attention. But the thing is is that this is what the assumption that every single person who who scrolls to that hashtag and you know um stops and see like how many have you ever like driven by a protest and be like why are they protesting yeah. and you like look at their sign right. and then you look it up and then you're like oh yeah that's why but again who is listening to them but that's that's the assumption because that, you, like you just said, you drive past mm-hmm. and you give a stink eye to it. No, I didn't give a stink eye. I said I'm like I'm just like why are they protesting? What is that for? Gotcha. First of all, protesting a virus outside in the heat not for me. I get it. Like I understand why y'all upset, but like nah, I don't agree with it. But I wouldn't do it. But I think that's like protesting. That's what makes me frustrated. Is that type of comparison and I'm not saying you I'm saying in general uh, especially the community that we live in is that like we can get support for a woman in Texas like I see it all over my timeline she I think it was Texas mm-hmm. um, she opened up her salon and she's like I'm feeding my kids yes, I'm getting you know she a white lady she's like I'm feeding my kids I'm a patriot 
I'm going to do everything I got to do because I'm an American and I deserve my business. But then there's going to be a coming time when someone of color goes and does something and we're like, where's the GoFundMe? Where's the support? Where's the hashtags? Where's all the, you know? It's like, I get what you're saying. It's like, who's listening? But someone is. I think that, like, thinking that no one is there listening, thinking no one's paying attention, paying attention um, is not, it's not true. Like, I think it's not falling on deaf ears. I think that if you continue to put the pressure on, continue to put the foot on the necks of all these people who don't believe what you're doing makes a difference is the reason why you have to keep going. I think we all agree that in, in the end, we're going to need, let's just call it what it is, white people to stand up for us. Ooh. Not stand up for us, stand up with us. Stand next to me. Don't Click. stand in front of me and stand, speak for me. Stand with us. And there are some, a very few, small few, but there are some that are out there that mm-hmm. are willing to stand with us, but mm-hmm. then they are fearful to mm-hmm. what will happen to them. And it's scary. Because they come up missing, just like we come up missing, because they're supporting outside of the cause. Mm-hmm. So again, for every solution, there's another problem that we have to find another solution for. Agree. We can all pull up to the White House with armed. That ain't going to end well. But as we can see, white folks can do the same. People pull up to in full gear. They're still alive. Nothing happened to them. Now let us do the same and see how it ends. That's what you're speaking on. Right. Privilege. How does this how does that happen compared to this happening? Mm-hmm. So again, we could talk about this all day. I think the questions and, and and the comments that we're looking for and the replies that we're looking for once we post this uh, on our social media is what like, is the solution? solution? And nobody I don't think anybody really knows the solution. That's why we keep marching. That's why we keep protesting. But I don't agree with that. I don't I don't agree that we don't know any solutions. I think that there is different types of change happening all over this country. I think that that would be to say that that would be discounting the work of so many. I don't I wouldn't agree with you that there would be like no solutions. Um and that no steps have been, been taken because a lot have. And we've moved very, we've moved forward. Like, we're not living in 1957. Like, you had, my mom was born in 1957. Mm-hmm. And 1955 was, I believe, Brown versus Board of Education. Like, my parents grew up in a desegregated, like, this is the start of, you know, what's going on. And yes. Correct me if I'm wrong, whoever is listening to this, like, I don't know what year that was, but it was 1950-something. But the fact that we are generations, we're only, you got to think about this. Like, this is not a short time since slavery and civil rights and all, but we have made, we have made strides. I think that what we are doing and the social media side of things is that things are in the forefront. It sucks. It is traumatic as a black person to watch a black body fall to the ground and die because of a white person killing them. But, and not a but, but at the same time, it it hurts just as much to see people not care about that. Like, the fact that we just scroll through that video, like, how many people are we seeing a week going through this? There's hundreds of people. But if you make a decision to have a conversation 
you make a decision to plant that seed understand your relationships with your non-black friends rather it be whoever they are um whatever level of privilege they have is just a conversation you have to be yourself in order to make those changes i don't think that me screaming at you i know i'm upset right now but i'm not going to go into an office and scream at you to make a solution like i want to be in a position where my friends and i can have these conversations move forward because honestly these conversations that you have to have especially within our group Mm -hmm. and like in your community alone you're just you have your own community you have to have these conversations and you have to have those solutions are right there they're right in front of you checking your friend when they're being racist or saying something when someone isn't um you know when they're not understanding what's going on education's everything i'm not i'm i everyone's not the same not all white people are racist not all black people even feel like racism is still happening there's black people out there who are like i'm fine yeah they're just they're good financially so they can stay out the way that's not that's not always true though like i've had people be like i'm half black and i didn't grow up the way you grew up and i don't think that way again it's being oblivious we can go we can go circle we can go around circles in this conversation i, I think the the whole ordeal is what's the solution and ultimately ultimately the human body stop being oblivious to what's happening around them and and, and folks speaking up about it. When I say folks in this situation, white folks actually acknowledging that this is wrong. At some point it, it's just more it's a it's a very simple thing. So in the comments, uh let us know your thoughts uh, on really what are solutions Myself and Cal really don't, and I let Cal speak for herself, don't really agree with the whole, um, I want to keep saying rallying, protesting. Rallying. <laughs> uh, protesting. Low, you somewhat do, just by just showing support, right? No, I'm going to be out there. That's what I'm saying, but you, you believe in showing support to the situation. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let us know in the comments, and uh, we'll love to have this, this conversation. I think, on, on behalf of all of us, that we need to have this conversation again, but with... Uh, someone of the Caucasian culture to hear Do they that. have a culture? Okay, well someone is privileged that grew culture, up. Is privileged a culture? No. Someone that grew up in the white community and we can kind of get their mentality because I think it's not fair for us to sit here and only talk about how we grew up in our experience. But it's not here. What's the white community? Because Dell has a white community and they probably go just through just as much uh, See, that's a good example. See what I'm saying? So did we talk about somebody over in Seven Oaks? It, I think, seven hour label so the people. word would be privileged. A privileged person, privilege right? Privilege is not always money, though. I think that's the difference. Do you guys understand that? Yeah, we, we're on the same page. Privilege is always not money. You could be privileged by just living in a two-parent household making mediocre income. You're still privileged because most African Americans weren't raised with a father. Which goes back to fucking slavery. <sighs> <laughs> no, you're right. That's actually, like, I hate it. I hate it I'm, so much. I hate that this is true, and I hate that my brain is like this. You know, not all, like, not a real hate, obviously. But, like, it's true. This may be the time you okay to say hate. What I'm saying is we need someone in the room, no matter the race, that grew up. But do we really? Yes. Just playing devil's advocate, do we really? Yeah, because I, it, I give us, it, it give us a because, plain our view of how they think. Because no, if no, that no. person was in here and they brought up the topic of why not, they, 
it may be a person that say, why not just listen to the police? Just pull over, do what you have to do, and go on about your no, day. No, fuck you. Like, see, look, you're gonna see, get, no, I'm just point. saying, though. That's our point. There's people you that have, say those kind of things. So no, no. We're giving, we, we can see a bird's eye view and hear their mentality. No, like, I've been saying this the whole time that we should have a conversation. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. But this person would have to listen to this podcast, this episode right now, and then have that conversation. I want listen to-, to me. Like, listen to everything that I'm saying before you decide to give me I don't want opinion. them to listen to the podcast. And here's why. Because then they'll come in with fixed answers. I want your genuine, your genuine response. And maybe we, we picked the wrong person and they grew up just like we did or, or, or not as quote-unquote privileged. But wow, isn't that crazy that you could have the same upbringing and oh shit. But maybe so-and-so on the way home got killed by the police. But why? Because you look different. I'm just saying it's only fair to have that conversation with other groups. In the room, I'm a little angry right now. I'm not ready to have that conversation. Comment below. This is the Say What You Want podcast with snacks. It's your boy K Mitch. I'm angry and I'm low. <laughs> if you would like to know more about Ahmad Arbery and what happened to him, go to runwithmod.com to create change, sign petitions, and know more. Thanks for listening.